Sacrifice always involves a personal cost. Sacrifice always involves a personal cost. If there's no cost, then it's not really a sacrifice. Well, every year in March, our church holds a sacrifice Sunday at the end of March. And that money is used for some incredibly wonderful projects, very worthy projects. Now, someone might be wondering, well, what is a sacrifice? When you talk sacrifice Sunday, what are we talking about? What do you mean? Well, I have a a humorous story for you that uh, will get us started. At least it's a humorous story about a, a mom and a dad who spent a lot of money to send their son to one of these worldly famous colleges. And the young guy, he got into college. He was all excited, but he acted like a fool. He basically blew his first year in college. He wasn't very responsible at all. He didn't make good grades whatsoever. He wasted all his time. He wasted his money and he finally came back home. And his parents were mortified when they found out all of the depths of what their son had plumbed in college. And so they said to him, son, there's going to be some consequences. Oh, said the son. Yes. They said, if you want to go back to college, you are going to have to pay your own way. And, It means you're going to have to get a job for this summer and work hard and save up some money in order to be able to go back to college. Oh, he's, he said, and that's not all the family's going on a vacation and you won't be able to go because you're going to be here working hard, putting together money so you can go back to college. And the young guy, he was heartbroken. Well, the mom and dad, they, went off on their yearly vacation. This year they went to Greece. They went over to Greece and mom and dad were standing there. um, On this beautiful place. They, they sent their son a postcard from Greece. And they said, dear son, today we stood on the mountain where ancient Spartan women sacrificed their defective children wish you were here. Now that's just a joke. That's not a sacrifice. That's just a little joke. Uh, but I want to do tell you another little story that gets a little closer to the, the idea of, of a sacrifice. Back in 1981, the butterball Turkey company, they set up a hotline. They called it the Turkey talk line. It's still going today, by the way. And the idea was to answer consumer questions about preparing holiday turkeys. Well, a few years ago, one woman, she called to inquire about cooking a turkey that had been in her freezer for 23 years. Now, the operator told her that it might be safe to eat if the freezer had been kept well below zero degrees. That's Fahrenheit. That's way down there. 
for the entire time. But the operator warned the woman and said that even if it were safe to eat, the flavor had probably all deteriorated and she wouldn't recommend eating it. And so the woman who called in replied, huh? She said, well, that's sort of what we thought. Oh, well, we'll just donate it to the church. Now that would be a pretty bad sacrifice, wouldn't it? That would be a pretty poor gift to give. Well, what is sacrifice? In Psalm 50, brother Howard read for us or led us in the reading of verses one to six and verse five says, gather my saints together unto me. Those that have made a covenant with me by sacrifice. I want you to know that the concept of sacrifice, the principle behind it is still an important part of a believer's relationship with God today. Now in the new Testament, I'll read this for you in the book of Philippians and chapter two, the apostle Paul wrote these words in verse 17 and 18. Yea, And if I be offered upon the sacrifice and service of your faith, I joy and rejoice with you all for the same cause. Also do ye joy and rejoice with me. I want you to see that the concept, the principle behind sacrificial living and giving is still an important part of a believer's relationship with God today. No, we don't go out to the, to the barn and and get a, a lamb or a goat and come and cut its throat and shed its blood. We don't do that. God doesn't require that of us anymore. That's all been taken care of in the cross. When Jesus, the lamb of God shed his blood for you and for me, all that, Old Testament priestly blood type of sacrificial giving is all done. It's all gone. March the 28th, Sunday, March 28th, the last Sunday of this month is sacrifice Sunday. And I want to talk with you about this concept of sacrifice. And listen, by the way, did you know the word just the word alone sacrifice is used like 218. No more than that. I think it's 200 and I don't know about 220 times. Maybe it's 218, but it's, it's close to 220 times. 24 of those times are in the new Testament. We're not talking something that's strictly only old Testament believer. No, the principle of sacrificial living and giving is still with us today. I'd like to encourage you to get a paper and pen and jot down a couple of notes. We want to go through this intelligently. We want to look upon it logically, biblically. Now, when I talk about sacrifice, I'm not referring to anything that heathen, pagan, unbelievers would take part in. I'm talking about a sacrifice made to the one true living God. Now, Again, people ask, well, what is a sacrifice? You know, the chess players, the chess players have this expression of making a sacrifice. 
and they might sacrifice a pawn in order to get a more valuable piece. Some even talk of sacrificing their queen in order to put the other guy in checkmate. Now that's fine for the game of chess, but it's not what the Bible refers to when it comes to sacrifice. Some others think that sacrifice refers to the, the absolute, the most valuable sacrifice that anyone could make. For example, a man sacrificing his life for his friend. Now there is an element of truth there. There's an element of truth that the sacrificial gift needs to be precious. We're going to look at that in just a moment, but it's far more than that. That definition alone doesn't do it justice. It doesn't give us the idea of sacrifice. And we're going to learn that what it's all about. A sacrifice is not so much in giving of a precious gift, although that there is truth to that, but it's more the giving of a precious gift to the most precious person. This brings us closer to the idea of biblical sacrifice. We want to get our focus right. And our focus here is on the one true living God. The, the giving of sacri- sacrificial giving to God is, is not something sad. It's something glad. Paul expressed it here in Philippians. He talked about the joy and rejoicing connected with sacrificial living and giving. Well, we better pray. We better pause for prayer. And then I want to give you a few notes on what sacrifice is all about. Heavenly father, help us. Now we humble ourselves and bow before your sovereignty, your majesty, your wisdom. Lord, you've spoken to us in the Bible about sacrificial living and giving. Now help us to understand it. Lord, increase our faith. Father, this is really my prayer, my underlying prayer for each and every one of us that we would live by faith. Increase our faith, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. If you're taking notes, write down this. Point number one, a sacrifice is a precious gift given to God. A sacrifice is a precious gift given to God. Now, turn back to the book of Proverbs We've been studying the book of Proverbs in our Wednesday Bible study and prayer. And I hope that if you haven't already, that you'll join in with us because we're learning so much and we've got an especially good session this Wednesday, seven o'clock. Now Proverbs chapter 17 and verse eight, we have a principle here. It says a gift is as a precious stone in the eyes of him that hath it, hath it whithersoever it turneth, it prospereth. And so we learn something here about a sacrificial gift, that it's a precious thing. It's a precious gift that we're giving to God. The word sacrifice or sac. Yeah. The word sacrifice used as a noun, a thing, a noun, It means something that's made sacred. That's technically what the word means. When you use it as a verb, you sacrifice something used as a verb. 
It means the act of making something sacred by giving it to God. When we can give it to God, then it becomes sacred. Does that make sense? If we can't give it to God, it doesn't become sacred. So God is involved here. The most precious person. Our focus in this whole idea of sacrifice is not so much on the gift as it is on the recipient of the gift. And that is God. All right. So point number one is very simple. A sacrifice is a precious gift given to God. Point number two, the basic purpose, the basic purpose of a sacrifice is to please God and to show him how much we love him. This is the basic purpose behind a a sacrifice to please God and show him how much that we love him. Therefore, the gift needs to be a good one. Like the lady with the 23 year old frozen Turkey. Oh, well, it probably isn't going to taste very good. Let's just give it to the church or let's send it to the mission field. Oh, see all these clothes here. You know, they got holes in them. They're falling apart. We'll never wear them again. Let's give them to a missionary. Well, folks, that's not what you do. That's not the idea of it. I don't think God would be pleased at all to receive our, our garbage. Here's something we don't want. We'll just give it to God. I don't think that's what pleases God at all. And when we give a sacrifice to God, it must be one that pleases him. It must show him how much we love him. If it was somebody's birthday and you gave them a piece of garbage. Do you think they would appreciate it? Do you think it would show how much you love that person by giving them some garbage? No. And so the whole purpose of the sacrifice is to please God and to show him how much we love him. Now, the same principle, of course, is true amongst people today with gift giving. Turn a page to chapter 18 of Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 18. And I'd like you to see verse number 16. A man's gift maketh room for him and bringeth him before great men. And if that's true with a human gift between people, how much more with a spiritual gift, a sacrifice for God to bring us into God's presence. Remember, This is all done out of love and devotion to worship God. It's not done because you're forced to God is not interested in forced giving. He is interested in giving from a heart of love, a heart that is happy and cheerful to give. Remember second Corinthians chapter nine, verse seven, every man, according as he purposeth in his heart. So let him give not grudgingly or of necessity for God loveth a cheerful giver. You say, what does this mean? Grudgingly or necessity. Oh, someone takes out their wallet. Oh, all right. Oh, I have to give something. Everyone's looking at me. All right, here, there's something. Go take it. That's giving grudgingly with a grudge because you see, you walk away and you say, huh, Didn't want to do it, but I 
Ugh, I had to do it. Necessity, of course, is along that same line where people are saying, listen, just give. Shut up. Don't ask questions. Just give. But I don't want to. Listen, I, I, I'll hit you if you don't give. I'll slap you. Give. Just do it. Just give. That's of necessity. You wouldn't want to have someone put a gun behind your head and say, now give. You wouldn't want that. And God doesn't want you giving from a sense of necessity or of a sense of grudge. He doesn't want that. He wants you to give cheerfully, lovingly, happily. You know, your parents are the same way. If it's their anniversary, if it's their birthday and you brought a gift and you said, listen, mom, listen, dad, I really can't afford to do this, but I couldn't live with the guilt if I didn't give you something. So there, there's your anniversary gift. How would mom and dad feel about that? Why they'd say, son, listen, you need it more than we do. Take it back to the store and get your $5 back. You know, you need it more than we do. Mom and dad wouldn't want their children giving like that. No one wants people giving like that. It should be out of a feeling of love and compassion. And you see, this is exactly the very same thing. Now, point number three, point number three, sacrifice always involves a personal cost. Sacrifice always involves a personal cost. If there's no cost, then it's not really a sacrifice. Abraham perhaps is the only human to have offered his son in the will of God. God only called upon Abraham. The only person throughout all history. God called upon Abraham to offer his son as a sacrifice. And probably with a broken heart, but out of love and obedience to God and with faith, knowing that God would raise him back up because that's what he said to the servants. Stay here. The boy and I will go. We'll worship and we'll return again to you. Abraham believed that God would raise up his son. The only man God ever called upon to do such a thing. And even then God wouldn't let him do it. He only wanted to see that Abraham was willing, but what a cost. Have you ever thought about that? What a cost for a parent to take his son, his only son and offer him to God. Keep that in mind, mom, dad. If your son feels called to serve God as a pastor or a missionary, Keep it in mind. You're not called upon to take him up to a mountain and plunge a knife into his bosom. You're called upon just to release him into God's hands. Knowing you'll see him again. Sure. And these days with telecommunications and internet, you can have constant contact with your son. But sacrifice always involves a personal cost. Now I'd like you to turn back to the Old Testament book of 2nd Samuel. 2nd Samuel. And there we go. 1st, 2nd Samuel, Kings and Chronicles. So 2nd Samuel and chapter uh, number 24. Chapter 24. 
Boy, it was a really sad day. Um, here we are. Second Samuel chapter 24 and verse 24 is what we'll be reading. It was a sad day when David had committed a, a certain sin and it caused a lot of heartache in Israel. And so what David did was he came to make a sacrifice to God. And he came here to the threshing floor of a, of a fella named Aruna. And he wanted to buy the threshing floor, buy everything so he could make the sacrifice to God. And Aruna, when he saw King David come, oh, he fell on his face. Oh, King David. You, you want the floor? I'll give it to you. I'll give you this land. You may have it. I'll give it to you. You want my oxen to sacrifice. You want to use the wood to start a fire. I'll give it to you. And here's what David said in verse 24. The king said unto Aruna, nay, but I will surely buy it of thee at a price. Neither will I. Hey, if you have a pen or pencil, I'd encourage you to underline these words in your Bible. I have these words of King David underlined in my Bible to make them jump off the page at me. Here it is. Neither will I offer bird offerings unto the Lord, my God of that, which doth cost me nothing. He wouldn't do it. He wouldn't do it. Imagine. If you are thinking about being part of sacrifice Sunday, the end of the month, I'd love to do something big for God. Well, maybe, maybe I can, I can put together some money between now and then. And so you're walking along the street and you look down and oh, there's a hundred dollars just laying there on the street. And so you reach down and pick it up and you say, ha ha, I have my gift for God on sacrifice Sunday. Do you really? Do you really? You just picked it up off the ground. It didn't cost you anything. You didn't work for that money. There was no sweat at all involved. There's a hundred dollars. You just pick it up. Well, there's my sacrifice for the Lord. I would beg to disagree. Some might call it that, but scripturally, I don't think you got a leg to stand on. I think that this is the leg upon which you should stand. Neither will I offer burnt offerings unto the Lord, my God of that, which doth cost me nothing. David wouldn't do it. So why should we? If the old Testament saint who never had the spirit of God, like we have, who never had the whole Bible, like what we have, who never knew things about Jesus, the savior, like what we know. If the old Testament saint by faith could honor God with a sacrifice that cost him something. Don't you think we can, we serve the same God, but pastor, I'm, I'm not sure. I don't know. I'm, I'm afraid. It's okay to be afraid. That's why we've got God to run to. Whenever I'm afraid, run to God. What do I do? Lord, show me. God will show you. Don't worry. 
Don't fret. Don't be upset. Don't be afraid. Just take it to the Lord. Our strength is in God. Remember that from this morning. Back in Jesus day, he stood there in the temple and he was watching how people were throwing money into the offering box. He called his disciples and he said, watch this lady. And we don't know much about her. She was a widow. She could have been young. She could have been old. We don't know. But what what we do know is that she was poor. We know that much about her. And here they're watching and she puts in a farthing, a farthing. What's a farthing? A farthing is one quarter of a penny. That's how much money she put in. The other men would come and they would reach into their, their uh, bag of gold and they would put in a handful of gold, a handful of silver. Here's a lady put in one quarter of a penny. And in Mark chapter 12, Here's what we got. Here's the story. And there came a certain poor widow and she threw in two mites, which make one farthing. So a farthing is a quarter of a penny. Two mites is a farthing. So one mite is one eighth of a penny. Canada doesn't make pennies anymore. It costs more than a penny to make a penny. So they don't do it anymore. But imagine taking a penny and cutting it into eight pieces. And you have two pieces. And that's all you have. That's all she had here. Jesus talked about this as if she had given a great amount of money. Say, why would Jesus talk like that? Well, look at the next couple verses. And he called his disciples and saith unto them. Verily, I say unto you that this poor widow hath cast in more than all they which have cast into the treasury. For all they did cast in of their abundance. But she of her want. Did cast in all that she had. Even all her living. She gave it all. She gave everything. That's why Jesus pointed it out. On March 28th. We're not asking you to give everything. We're only asking you to to dip in and to give some. Of what God has blessed you with. Point number four. A sacrifice. And this is important folks. This is really important. I don't want you to miss this. A sacrifice only becomes a sacrifice. When God. Receives it. That's the only time it becomes a sacrifice. Because otherwise. If God doesn't accept it. Right? All it is, is just a thing. God doesn't have it. You know, we have example in the old Testament where they would take the, the sacrificial lamb and the, the, the goat and so on and, and cut its neck and shed the blood and the animal would die. They'd put the, the body up on the altar and fire from God would come and consume it. God received the sacrifice. You see, that's when you know it's a sacrifice. And so God must accept it in order for it to become a sacrifice. A gift. 
really is only a gift when the other person receives it until then. It's just something that you went to the store and bought. You picked it out. You looked at it. You thought this person would like it. So you paid money for it. You brought it home. Maybe you wrapped it up. You went over knocked on the person's door and said, happy birthday or welcome to the neighborhood or whatever. I have a gift for you. And they said, Oh no, thank you. Don't want it. Have a nice day. Close the door. And you're left standing there with your gift. What just happened? Your gift was not received. That's what happened. And so there's no difference now between this thing in your hand and any other thing that you went to the store and bought and brought home to your house. It's, it's just a purchase possession. It's something that still belongs to you. And so you walk home with it. It's not really a gift. A sacrifice is only a sacrifice when it's received by God. And that brings us of course, back to the main focus. It's a precious gift given to the most precious person. You have to keep God in the equation. Otherwise you lose sight of the whole thing. God will only accept the sacrifice of a spiritually saved, born again, member of his family. Say, how do you know that pastor? Because in Proverbs 21, 27, it says the sacrifice of the wicked is an abomination. How much more when he bringeth it with a wicked mind? Yes, there are wicked people who think they can give something to God, but to God, it's an abomination. The word abomination is a very strong word. Think of something that you would not want in your home. Think of some horrible thing. Maybe it smells terrible. Maybe it looks gory. You would not want that in your living room. It's abomination. God says when a wicked person brings a sacrifice to him, Oh, it's abomination to God. And so a sacrifice is only a sacrifice when God accepts it. Now there's really only one reason why a member of God's family would come with a sacrifice. And that is basically to worship God, to worship God. And this pleases God. This brings God the glory and the pleasure. When a parent, a mom, a dad has their son or daughter come to them with something they've made, something they've worked on, worked hard. Maybe it's a piece of artwork or something. And the parent knows my son, my daughter worked hard on this. They receive it gladly because their son, their daughter paid a cost to make this and then to bring it proudly to mom and dad. God will receive the sacrifice from one of his children, a sacrifice, something precious. It pleases God. Back in Old Testament Israel, you know, they had this split after Solomon died, the North and the South, the 10 tribes in the South 
They just went bad almost from the day one. They, they went bad by the way, Christian friend, brother, sister, the day you stop reading your Bible and, and stop praying the day you stop attending church services is the day you too will start going bad. You'll become more and more worldly. You will cool off just like those 10 Northern tribes did. That is forever a picture for you and I to stay in close with God. Well, those 10 Northern tribes, they finally incurred the judgment of God. And by the way, the backslider is always filled with his own ways. There's always consequences to backsliding. Always. You'll never have the joy, the peace, the power, the presence of almighty God. You'll never have it. As long as you're wandering far away from God. And if that's your condition, come home today. Come back to God today where you belong. Come back to your heavenly father. He still loves you, but somebody hurt my feelings. Yeah, I know the feeling. I've been saved 46 years in the ministry. 40 of those years. I've gotten my feelings hurt thousands and thousands and thousands of times over those years. I know what it feels like to get your feelings hurt, but I'm not going to leave my savior's side. I'm going to keep following him. I've learned he can heal my heart. I've learned that he can wipe away my tears. I've learned that he can put a, a spring in my step, a song in my lips. I've learned that he can take my burdens when I cast them upon him. And I encourage you to do the very same thing. Cast your burden on the Lord. Someone hurt you, offended you. Okay. But don't you hold on to it. You give it to God. Keep your eyes on Jesus and stay right in step. But come home today. If you've been wandering far, come home today. The children of Israel were told by God. And for the sake of time, we won't turn there, but it's in second Kings 1736. You can write it down. Look it up later. Second Kings 1736. God's instruction to his people had been these words. Him meaning God shall ye fear and him shall ye worship and to him shall ye do sacrifice to him shall ye do sacrifice. Sacrifice is still a part of a believer's life. Even today in the new Testament point number five, and this is our last one. God always rewards us when we make a loving sacrifice to him. God always rewards us when we sacrifice to him. Now for, for this, I'd like you to turn to the new Testament, go to the gospel of Luke, the gospel of Luke chapter six. I want you to see this for yourself. And if you haven't already, I want you to underline this in your Bible or put a, a mark beside the verse or something. But God always rewards us when we make loving sacrifice to him. Luke 638. You read it out loud with me, please. It's important. You read this out loud. Give and it shall be given unto you good measure, 
pressed down and shaken together and running over, shall men give into your bosom. For with the same measure that ye meet, with all it shall be measured to you again. There is the promise of God. Did you know that when Jesus made this promise, he was speaking on behalf of the father because the Bible says, yea, all the promises of God in him are yea and in him. Amen. And did you know the Bible says God cannot lie? God made you this promise, beloved. You make a sacrificial gift to him. You watch. He'll make a sacrificial gift back to you. We're called upon to act by faith, live by faith. We do these things by faith, but there are many of us here in this church that have been tithing for years and giving sacrifice for years. And we know God has been blessing it back to us throughout the year. Our lives are full. We get special blessings here and extra benefits there. And God fulfills his word. God always remembers his promises. In Proverbs chapter three, verses nine and 10, it talks about giving your, your substance, your first fruits over to God and that God will bless that back to you. And that's good chapter, chapter three of Proverbs. Read that when you have time. Now quickly, let's review what we've learned. Number one is a sacrifice is a precious gift that's given to God. It's not a piece of garbage. It's a precious gift. Number two, the basic purpose of a sacrifice is always to please God. Number three, sacrifice will involve a personal cost. It has to cost you something. Number four, a sacrifice only becomes a sacrifice when God accepts it. Number five, God always rewards us when we give a loving sacrifice to him. Now I'm calling upon each and every one of us. And I include myself. I'm calling upon each and every one of us to make a sacrificial gift of your time. Your time. You say, pastor, how can I make a sacrificial gift of my time? I'll give you a good example. Be with us tonight at six o'clock and then be with us again. Wednesday at seven o'clock. I put the challenge, the preaching challenge to you last week. Do you remember how many of you remember? How many of you took me up on the challenge, the preaching challenge, be with us. All you've got to do is sit in the comfort of your home and turn on your, your internet Sunday morning, Sunday evening, Wednesday evening. You do that for one month, the month of March, and you prove God, you find out, you prove God. If at the end of the month, God doesn't richly bless you in many ways. Your joy increases. Your faith increases. Your Bible learning increases. Go ahead and prove God. Now that's how you can make a sacrificial gift to God. And that would please him when you come into his presence. You see, the truth is if you only give an hour a week of your time to God and then a dollar or two in offerings, 
you're, you're really not going to amount to much spiritually. I, I don't mean to sound brash. I apologize for the forthrightness of that statement, but it's the truth. It is the truth. You apply that same principle to your job at work. You've been hired to do a job. So you show up every week for say five hours, 10 hours, but you've been hired for 40 hours. Go ahead, show up for five hours. And in those five hours, just kind of work very half-hearted. See what happens. Same principle is that true at school. We tell the children, listen, you've got to get to school. You've got to do your homework. I don't feel like going to school. I don't feel like doing my homework. And so they don't. Are they better for it? Do they come off ahead? Do they even come off equal? No, they come off inferior, incredibly inferior to other students. Very same with what we give God. Eh? You reap what you sow. Luke six thirty eight. Jesus told us whatever measure you use, it's going to be measured back to you. So I'm calling upon you to make a sacrificial gift of your time. Be here tonight. Pastor Devian is preaching. He's got an amazing message. Six o'clock tonight, Wednesday, seven o'clock. We're dealing with wisdom. Boy, how many don't need wisdom? You, your hand better not go up. I don't need wisdom. I got all the wisdom I need. Boy, I think you need a little more. But also, secondly, I want you to pray. Start thinking and praying about a sacrificial gift for the Lord at the end of this month. Oh, pastor, you're always begging for money. No, not always. I'm encouraging you. My wife and I, we will be giving more than one week's paycheck. More than one week's paycheck. I don't think I'm going to tell you how much we're going to give, but it is substantially more than one week's paycheck. Say, pastor, why would you do that? Number one, I love God. Love him. Number two, he blesses it back. Never seen him to fail. He blesses it back to us. It's a joy to give sacrificially. Well, I must close in prayer. My friend, are you part of God's family? Are you really sure if you died, you'd go to heaven? That's the most important thing in your life. God made a sacrifice for you. If you'll receive it, he sent his son, Jesus to die for your sins on the cross. So you wouldn't have to go to hell and pay for your own sin. But Christ's death on the cross, that sacrifice of sacrifices. It's only good. If you receive it. Now, where have we heard this before? Will you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and savior? Pray with me. Heavenly father, we thank you for your wonderful Bible telling us what is true. I pray for anyone now who has not yet been truly born again. Maybe they've been raised in a Christian home. Maybe they've gone to church for years but they've never personally admitted that they're on their way to hell and they need a savior. Help them today to do that by faith, to receive Jesus Christ. And then dear Lord, encourage them to get in touch with us and tell us and let us know 
And I thank you, dear father, for the one last week who got saved, born again, and wrote in and told us, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Father, bless us as a church family with faith to honor you at the end of this month with a gift above and beyond what we normally would do. And then use it, Lord, to feed the hungry and clothe the poor and use it for other things as well. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for watching the message today. We invite you to join us again every Sunday and Wednesday for more inspiring messages from God's Word.